The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Welcome to the Multimedia Café. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Café, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Well, we got a fantastic program in store for you today. We're going to talk about pipelines and music. How about that? Music and pipelines and Donald Trump and Texas and music and guitars, all kinds of different things. Jim Beck, he's with the Alliance of Energy Producer Producers, talks about uh, President Donald Trump's visit to Crosby, Texas, the signing of the executive orders that will impact the oil and gas industry from the Keystone Pipeline all the way down to the Mexican border in Texas. A number of pipelines are going to be impacted both on a federal, state, and international basis here. So, uh, great interview. Jim Beck, Alliance of Energy Producers. He's the chairman. Also, we talk about the pipeline issues, the Mexican market, the Permian, and the energy infrastructure, about the bottleneck that's happening. Actually, I kind of pontificate, is the bottleneck more of a hub? Because it seems like everything is coming into the Permian these days, but they're also pumping out a lot themselves. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic that's happening in the oil and gas. And we talk about the bigger picture and how it's going to impact the increasing exports in the near future. Also, natural gas innovation and flaring are discussed. Neat little concept of water innovation when it comes to flaring. So being figured out a way to capture the water out of those molecules and turn that uh, Texas desert into some agriculture land. Interesting stuff happening down there in the Permian. So also Tom Pexcamp stops by for a little conversation and a live music performance. Tom Pexcamp with the Moody River Band. He's also a new father. Congratulations, Tom Pexcamp. All right, that's going to... Kind of lay it out for today's program, the buffet of topics, if you will, here in the Multimedia Cafe. Take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to join either Jim Beck or Tom Pexcamp. I'm not sure because I dropped my notes. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more of the Multimedia Cafe. All right. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. You got up and you gave her that rock and said, I'm Charlie Sheen. Must be the luckiest man in the world. Hayden Eastwood, you be my wife. We'll grow old and I'll love you every night. Historic. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. 
Coming up next, we have a talk with Jim Beck with the Alliance of Energy Producers. My name is Jim Beck, and I am the chairman of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers uh, for the state of Texas. Appreciate you joining the program here today. We were also talking a little bit beforehand. You've got some um, land up in the Bakken area as well, so you've got not only a familiarity with the Texas oil and gas area, but at least a pulse on up in the North Dakota area, huh? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, my grandfather homesteaded up there, took the train to Belfield, and if he'd gone north, I would have been in the Bakken play, and but he went south, so all I've got is uh, dry farming. Huh, okay. Well, there, you know, there is some uh, natural gas down by that Amadon area. Of course, Bowman is waiting for the Tyler play to get cracking again with Marathon and Continental Resources down there with a pretty good foothill but anyway let's we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about texas because the president donald trump president donald trump was just down in was it crosby texas talk to me a little bit about what happened down there i'm I'm, it's been all over the news but you know you're down there boots on the ground area so you you hear the 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 good the bad the ugly and everything with it with it so talk to (laughs) us a little bit about the trump visit yes he he came down uh to uh, crosby texas uh, he wanted to uh, visit a, uh, a a construction site there, uh, unionized construction site, and then he wanted to sign two executive orders while he was there. So he came in and uh, got good uh, good applause from everybody that was there, and I think they were all very appreciative of the fact that he took the time to come down and talk about how uh, he was going to try to help the uh, pipeline industry improve their results and get more pipeline built uh, inside and across the country. Now, you're down in Texas. Um, what Are there issues with pipelines down there? I'm not familiar with the uh, Texas pipeline politics. I'm familiar with the Keystone pipeline politics. I'm familiar with the Dakota Access pipeline politics. I'm familiar with the idiosyncrasies of the North Dakota Bakken We'll even say down into Wyoming, uh, Montana area, but Texas not so much. Are there are there hurdles? I guess down there, regulatory issues. Just talk to me a little bit about that pipeline regulatory issues and um, that sort of thing. I know this is symbolic for federal and et cetera, but just uh, use it as a platform to talk about the pipelines down there. Well, we have the the same pipeline problems in Texas that we have national, nationwide uh, because of the huge oil boom uh, drilling for shales in the Permian Basin. They now estimate that the potential oil reserves in the Permian Basin are anywhere between 500 billion and 1.5 trillion barrels of oil. And there really has not been any major pipelines built out of that area since the 60s. So with these tremendous wells that they're bringing on, uh, it completely overloaded the pipeline situation, getting oil uh, from the Permian Basin, which is in the Midland, Odessa area, uh, down to the Gulf Coast refineries. And so there has been a huge push to build new, both natural gas lines and oil lines to get this uh, production out of West Texas. And uh, we've found a tremendous resistance to building new pipelines uh, from that area in in the state of Texas. So we're currently fighting uh, battles right now. The the, the legislature here in Texas meets biannually, and uh, 
right now there's a big battle going on trying to change uh, some of the eminent domain rules to make it a little more fair and balanced so that uh, both the ranchers here in uh, the state of Texas and the pipelines can work out a, an equitable solution to being able to build the number of pipelines that they need to build to get the oil and natural gas out of the Permian Basin and down to the Gulf Coast and into uh, actually Mexico. Mexico is going to be one of our big takers for natural gas. Well, Mexico is salivating to get exactly the natural gas. That's a story we've been covering for several years here on our program that's that's um, always seemed to end up with a bottleneck in the Permian. And that's kind of what you're talking about there is, is, is a bottleneck, aren't you? That it just seems that if there was a little bit more of, uh, you know, different different areas. You, you mentioned Corpus Christi with the Gulf. Uh, Ian Vasey uh, has been on our program with the Economic Development Council here a number of times talking about the major investments in Corpus Christi. Uh, Lauren Scott, Dr. Lauren Scott from Louisiana State, he's uh, with the economics and does oil and gas. He's mentioned Lake Charles as a big investment in the petrochemical industries especially. So when I look at the Permian and all the different tentacles that they can pipeline to from Lake Charles to Corpus Christi to, I suppose, even up to Kansas, uh, up to Cushing up there, uh, is, is that how you're looking at it too? Is that there's the Permian is just is it bottlenecking? Is it is it a hub? It just seems like th there's so much more that could come out of there, and there's stuff coming from other shale plays too. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, what we're finding is that uh, along with the tremendous amount of oil that we're producing. Mr. Jim Beck, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick pause. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Jim Beck, the chairman of the Alliance of Energy Producers. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Jim Beck. He's the chairman with the Alliance of Energy Producers. Oh, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, what we're finding is that uh, along with the tremendous amount of oil that we're producing, uh, there's a lot of what we call casing head gas that is being produced in the Permian Basin. So we have a huge bottleneck. Every pipeline out of the Permian Basin right now is full. So as you drill a well and you 
put it online, you can't really produce the oil because there's no room in any of the pipelines. So what happens in that case is that you see a huge differential. They'll say, ah, we can pay you $15 below uh, NYMEX pricing uh, to take your oil. So there's just a major, major problem. And uh, so a lot of companies are just drilling wells and uh, not producing them. They're what we call ducks. And uh, we've got thousands of wells sitting in the Permian Basin uh, waiting to be completed and put online once the pipelines uh, to the Gulf Coast, uh, to Corpus Christi, down to Beaumont. Uh, I think Exxon's spending $2 billion to expand uh, their Beaumont facilities uh, to uh, Lake Charles and to build the new facilities down in Corpus. It's just uh, a huge uh, project waiting to be developed. And uh, so uh, we're seeing all of those problems facing us right now out of the Permian Basin. And just kind of recap real quick, bring it back to the uh, President Trump coming to Crosby, Texas, to sign some of these executive orders. Um, this will then at least help some uh, some of the issues in terms of whether it's streamlining or fast tracking or just cl- clearing up some of the red tape so that some of these issues will be resolved. That's kind of the idea is that the executive orders will trickle down to allow some of this fluidity to happen. Well, there's there's two executive orders that were signed. The first one is for international pipelines that are being built. So that includes Keystone. And mm-hmm. what he signed there was that uh, he has the right to approve that pipeline to be built uh, once the uh, State Department has reviewed all the environmental impacts and everything. And uh, he can say, hey, if I want to approve it, I can approve it and it can be built. And so we anticipate there will definitely be a legal challenge to that. But uh, apparently he has some pretty good lawyers working for him and they think uh, very positively that uh, that will be approved, and that Second, should, but but that should open the doors for some stuff down in Mexico and Texas too, correct? As far as the international part. Well, that one is just strictly international. The second order that he wrote or he approved was uh, to help building of pipelines that cross state lines. Right now, mm-hmm. states like New York and Washington have really essentially put a halt to pipelines being built in their states. Uh, based on international on uh, environmental grounds, yeah. Uh, and uh, so what he has done is he said, "Okay, you guys, you can't. We're, we're going to honor the Clean Water Act, but uh, you guys can't just arbitrarily stop pipelines from being built because it eliminates the ability to provide the affordable energy uh, to you know the people of the country." And uh, so he's trying to uh, facilitate the building of pipelines, uh, which will help us here in Texas a little bit. But most of our pipelines are intrastate. They don't cross state lines, and so the feds don't get involved in that. Now, most of the studies that we've done up here in the northern part of the United States indicate that pipelines are still the safest way to transport oil and gas. Is that true down south, too? Absolutely. Okay, good. Uh, good to see our science is matching up on the northern and yeah. southern parts of the country. <laughs> yeah, we don't, uh, though his, his regulations would allow for transport of uh, liquefied natural gas in rail cars. 
uh, if they wanted to do that. But that is by far much less safe than uh, by doing it with pipelines. So, uh, oh, well, I'm a I'm a huge fan of pipelines actually for the environment. To be honest, oh. I mean, not not only are, are, is it safe and a number of other things, but it's it's the most um, ener- en- environmentally friendly way to do it. Absolutely, takes no, you're, ta- you're 100 right. On yeah. That. So, I mean, it takes the engines off the road, takes the safety precautions. I love it. I think it's great. Um, I'm, I'm very happy with these um, executive orders. I think they were long overdue. And I appreciate you coming on to uh, talk about that. I, I did want to ask you about uh, one of the other things that the Permian and the Bakken have in common, uh, which is flaring. And the... The, the natural gas is for, in terms of the, the science projects that, that kind of, you know, they're trying to eliminate it and trying to reduce it and, you know, the number of things. And these pipelines are going to be uh, a huge godsend to, to capturing that gas. And pe- people forget that. that that's, that's one of the main reasons why there, there is an issue of flaring is because just the pipeline capacity is not there. But with the investments in Lake Charles and uh, Corpus Christi, for example, the pipelines that come on, but for me, what I've said on this program is science project, guys, this is your opportunity to shine. And so are, are you seeing any of these guys that are kind of stepping up in terms of they're called value added, I think, within the industry? I call them science projects because they got to prove what Lee Tillman told us on our program, which is it's very expensive to move a hydro molecule, hydrocarbon molecule from Texas to Southeast Asia, for example. He goes, so until the economics are there, it's very difficult. So um, we've been keeping track on some of these value-added natural gas uh, capture site type things at the wells and a number of different, because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. And, you know, God bless them for, you know, sticking their necks out and trying different things. But it just doesn't seem like any of them have taken off to that next level yet. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Is there any of them that that are that you see potential in? Um, just uh, t- talk to me. Uh, I guess react to my long-winded question statement. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, innovation is the name of the game when it comes to trying to handle emissions control, and uh, we've got a number of companies trying many different things down here. Uh, the other big issue that we have here that, that folds right in with that is water production. Uh, we're producing upwards six million, six billion barrels of water a year. And so they're trying to integrate ways that they can uh, do desalinization with some of the heat or some of the flaring with the natural gas so that you can actually produce uh, water that can be used for irrigation. And uh, so there's a huge area that is is currently being researched. That is interesting. That is really interesting, actually. The water innovation. That's that's the next level you're, we're talking about here. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's going to be, uh, I mean, in West Texas is normally very dry. It has almost no rain. And if you could actually harness uh, six billion barrels of water a year and uh, turn it into something that could be usable for farmland, it would be a tremendous boom to uh, the state and the country. That would, that would actually be a paradigm shift in the agriculture industry. Absolutely. That, the, the way that uh, horizontal drilling and hydraulic fracturing changed the oil and gas industry, that would turn around and change the ag industry once again. Wow, that's incredible. Um, man, that's I, I didn't expect that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, it, it, 
the American spirit is very inventive, and when an opportunity presents itself, we'll find some way to utilize it. Mr. Jim Beck with the Alliance of Energy Producers. Hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick pause. We come back. We'll continue the conversation with Jim Beck, the chairman with the Alliance of Energy Producers. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Even when the rain falls, even when the flood starts rising, even when the storm comes, I am washed by the water. Even when the rain falls, even when the flood starts rising, even when the storm comes, I am washed by the water. Even when the rain falls, even when the flood starts rising, even when the storm comes, I am washed by the water. Even when the rain falls, even when the flood starts rising. Jason Speece, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Historic. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we conclude the conversation with Jim Beck, the chairman with the Alliance of Energy Producers. Absolutely. That, the, the way that uh, horizontal drilling and hydraulic fracturing changed the oil and gas industry, that would turn around and change the ag industry once again. Wow, that's incredible. Um, man, that's... I, I didn't expect that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, it, it, the American spirit is very inventive, and uh, when an opportunity presents itself, we'll find some way to uh, utilize it. So, how's how's business down there? Is it is it booming like like it's supposed to be? You know, we'll kind of wrap up here. By the way, we've got um, Jim Beck with us, the Texas Star Alliance. He's the chairman. And we're talking about Donald Trump down in uh, Crosby, Texas, signing some of the executive orders, what kind of impact that's going to have specifically down in Texas. Of course, the Permian, which I've read studies, by the way, uh, 70 percent of the shale activity over the next 30 years is going to come out of the Permian. Now, I don't know if that's been adjusted at all since a couple years ago when I saw that. But what that told me is, is that Texas is going to be doing a lot of the drilling because we're not even mentioning the Eagle Fur to the Haynes. Uh, villas either as far as um, what they are contributing to the shale play USA but uh, just just give us kind of a state of the union down there for Texas and the Permian and everything well right now what we're seeing is uh, probably what you'd say consolidation uh, 
Chevron just announced that they're buying Anadarko primarily because of, for their uh, acreage there in the Permian. We expect Exxon is actually the biggest driller right now in the Permian Basin, so the majors are moving in there. Uh, but right now we're sort of in a holding pattern until those pipelines can be built. We're mm-hmm. actually seeing some layoffs occurring in the industry because uh, there's just not that much activity because we can't get the products out to market. So uh, we're in a holding pattern. It's sort of flat right now. And uh, once those pipelines are built, uh, Katie, bar the door, you're going to see things really booming down here in Texas. Any final thoughts? I'd like to give guests kind of the uh, final word without a question framed by me in case they want to reiterate something or we missed something or they got a good chili recipe, whatever. doesn't matter. We're open to, <laughs> we're open to anything on final thoughts here. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm looking forward. I, I kind of get back to North Dakota at least two or three times a year, get to my farm and I really love it up there. So uh, I really appreciate North Dakota and it's, it's a big change when you leave a, a city with a population of about 5 million and get out to the country where, your nearest neighbor is three miles away, so it's it's really lovely, and I really appreciate North Dakota, and it, it's a fantastic place. That was Jim Beck, the chairman of the Alliance of Energy Producers. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All those social media links can be found at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Sitting on a million, oh, sitting on it every day. Can't make no money giving your stuff away. Why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can to create i wrote a few songs there even and so do they still play or they they do not um i I think they had a falling out nothing nothing crazy but just you know life life happens and life happens and um yeah but they were together almost eight ten years i think okay so so how long have you been playing professionally where you got your first gig probably just 17 years 18 years Okay, and did you play before then, like say at band recitals or music concerts? No, I, I had I had no music um, history. I wasn't in choir. Okay. I wasn't in band. I I think I played the saxophone for about three months in sixth grade. Okay, and uh, that just it didn't stick. And then uh, you know just learning a few chords and writing songs. And and uh, in high school, my senior year, I ended up um, writing a song for Macbeth. We had a project, and uh, I. Uh, stayed up i was going to do this art drawing or something like that and uh never happened the night before of course you're working on it till the mm-hmm. last minute and uh, so i grabbed my guitar at about 10 o'clock you know and i had to get this done by noon the next day and um ended up writing a song and i finished it in my free period the, day, the, the next day and went in and played it and i got you know an a on the project and it's been one of my songs that we play with the band even now so what song uh, it's, it's called Macbeth. Macbeth. Yeah. okay and did, did you write the lyrics the music or both 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 so which did you do first um i had well, i had i had a few chords down so it was just pretty pretty simple you know three four chord song start with the chorus or start with the um you know no i would start with a verse okay yeah, yeah. okay um so uh 
Moses, and nothing in his life became him like leaving it. Fair is fall, and the fall is believing it. That's got to be pretty you neat. Know, so your first kind of song, song, and you're still using it today? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the one thing that really kind of got me awesome. excited about it was, I think, maybe some of the attention that um, that that was, you know, throughout, throughout you know, talking with people the other day, and, oh, Tom played, and, he had, you know, and I didn't really have much confidence in it, and it was nice to hear some feedback and um, and get some confidence. You know, and a few girls came up and talked to me, and I was kind of like, hey, you know, it's, maybe there's something to this. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, girls being a great motivation. Um, yes, kinda, they are. Kind of started me down that road. And, and, uh, and then just the expression <laughs> of it all, and it, it, it turned into um, the creative aspect of it and, and, and it being your counselor and your, psycho- your psychologist. And, mm-hmm. you know, a good day, you grab the guitar, a bad day, you grab the guitar, and and the the songs go in and and uh you know the the worry goes out you know i hear you i yeah. i've got the pen and paper yeah. that's about all i can mm-hmm. do i don't have the musical i love the musical but yeah. i just haven't haven't honed that craft or art yet but uh we're here at the uh, crude life facebook live page we're also f- uh recording for our uh, crude life programming coffee and capitalism as well as uh, building the bakken and the oil field review where we use a lot of the uh, actually Moody River Band as our bumper music. So coming in from breaks, going out of breaks, uh, we we have Moody River Band playing. Tom Pexcamp here with us, part of the Moody, Moody River Band. We have Charlie Young holding the Facebook Live camera. If you want to swing your hand around and say hello there, Charlie, woo! <laughs> there we go. You'll see him later on with the uh, guitar as well. Uh, okay, so uh, should we do a quick song here? You got you got sure, one lined sure. up. Which um, um, which song are you thinking about? How about uh, Ain't Gonna Be Blue No More? Ain't Gonna I, Be... I ain't, ain't Gonna Be Blue No More. Yeah. Ain't Gonna Be Blue No ain't, More. Ain't ain't a word button in music. Do, do you need Charlie? Um, Do you want to get on this one, Charlie? All right. We're going to do a quick line shift here. Mm-hmm. And... Talking with my baby, yeah, you know the other night. I said, oh baby, I'm leaving. And she said, oh yeah, right, I ain't gonna be blue no more. Ain't gonna be blue no more. Well, I changed my colors as I'm walking right out your door. Well, I might turn red and get a little angry. Turn green and get out for the van fee. I ain't gonna be blue no more. Ain't gonna be blue no more. Well, I change my colors as I'm walking right out your door. Well, I might. Turn yellow like a chicken over the sun. I might turn magenta. Woo, that could be fun. I ain't gonna be blue no more. Ain't gonna be blue no more. I change my colors since I'm walking right out your door. That's just what I'm gonna do And paint the sky and paint the ocean 
full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts and then you will let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, Tom Pexcamp with the Moody River Band. He's a singer-songwriter, also plays with the Moody River Band. So he's a musician by himself, but also plays with the band. Tom Pexcamp. We, if we were got on top of it a little bit more, you know, when we have a show, we post it to our Facebook um, but you're not doing like Facebook live videos of your first song to entice people to be like, oh, the Moody River Band's playing down at Abercrombie. We yeah. better get down there. You know, and that's that's part of our, our learning curve. We're not I think. going anywhere different. Everyone has heard of us for years now. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know. uh, how many states have you guys played in? Because I, I always consider you guys a regional band. Um, Gosh, I mean, uh, five or six maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We, 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 took, we took a trip down to Nashville and... Um, we stopped in Kansas, New York, and Kansas, St. Augustine. New York. Yes, yeah, shit, so. New York, yeah. St. Augustine, Nash- or Tennessee, yeah. we, and, uh, Minnesota, North Dakota, Jefferson City, Missouri, Missouri, yeah. Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Okay, wow. Okay, yeah, regional with a couple tours just to yeah. play, test the waters, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. How was Nashville? Did you guys? Assign- By the way, how would you describe your band out there? I mean, because you, uh, to me, you guys have got like. Uh, uh, almost like a big band feel, you know. Yeah, I, I think we we're rooted in, I guess, roots music. I think we we're blues, Americana. There's country. There's, um, gosh, I mean, I think we dabble a little bit of, of everything. We have um, a horn that plays with us that adds some of that that maybe big band stuff you're, mm-hmm. you're thinking of. Um, but I mean, we're folk folk rock. I mean, I, it's always tough to pin a genre on yourself. But um, I would maybe call us like you know blues, rock and roll, Americana, somewhere in there. Mostly uh, street festivals now. Is that what? Or what, what, what's your main gig now? Do you think? Well, um, we've we slowed down a little bit this last year just with family stuff um, coming up and, and and getting a handle on that. And I, I, you know, that's been more my deal and our drummers. Um, but we've we've been wanting to get back into it a little bit more. Um, but it's it's local stuff. Um, we did a few of the little kind of parking lot parties, some of the uh, the beer festivals and things like that. Um, it's a great opportunity. These breweries that are opening up all over the place have kind of become the new coffee shop. Yeah, you know um, where where people are are going to ex- and expecting to hear music to gather to socialize. Um, instead of a cup of coffee, it's a craft beer. Well, you guys played Hatch Hatch Realty's uh, Hatch Fest Hatch yeah. Stock. That was that was a blast. Yeah, uh, that was pretty fun. 
They had the ladies from Tiger Lily there. And can, yeah, can you believe a couple thousand people just on a Friday night show up <laughs> out to Eric Hatch's parking lot? Yeah, it was it was hot. It was hot. I was in Madison, Wisconsin at Pokemon Regionals for my son. He uh, placed in the top eight, and he made it to Pokemon International. Wow! So yeah, he's. Uh, He's in the syndicate now, so to oh, speak. Geez. Yeah, yeah. But uh, otherwise, I'd have been at Hatchstock. Yeah, yeah. I, went, I went last year. Uh, Johnson Family Band yep. and Flatliners played. Yep. Yep. Flatlands. Yep, yep. <laughs> Flatliner. Yeah, the movie or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry, Alex, Bill, and <laughs> yeah, right. uh, whoever else is in Flatliners these days. Uh, Flatlands these days just did it again. <laughs> All right, time for a new song. What, what, what do we got next? Oh, uh, I was just kind of doing that. Um, what do you think? Oh. Uh, how about um, maybe picking on the devil or picking on the devil? What's uh, that? Come on now, some of our stations, the uh, Tea Party's liberal, so well, we don't want to get too much. We well, don't scare them. It's it's. Uh, I got in a fight with my wife, and it wasn't like a really bad fight. And it kind of turned comical because there was a, I had a box of yarn that was from a garage sale or something, and I like threw a ball of yarn not at her but just like in general. And it was just really funny because what's a ball of yarn really going to do, you know? Right. And so the cat got excited, and then it was just kind of, you know, the the fight really diffused fast. Um, then we just threw all the yarn in the box because it was, was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it, this line came out of that, and it's picking on the devil and fighting on you. It's kind of like I'm I'm just kind of picking on, on on things to pick on them and you know, kind of stir in trouble where, you know, why no 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 real reason but you are and sounds and, uh, good to be not about you know domestic uh, no no no, no. <laughs> it's, not, it's not biblical at all uh, no, no, no 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 sense but all right hang on let's get what's all right what's the name of the song uh picking on the devil you'll be the whistle and i'll be the bell You'll be the wish, honey, I'll be the whale You'll be the bird and I'll be the call You'll be the cannon and I'll be the ball So I'm picking on the devil and I'm fighting with you Been yelling, I've been screaming, climbing up the wall. Yeah, the rain don't mind which way it falls, and it falls, it falls, it falls.
Been yelling, I've been screaming, climbing up the wall. Yeah, the rain and don't mind which way it falls. And it falls. It falls. It Music singer songwriter Tom Pexcamp. He's also with the Moody River Band. Check him out on Facebook and the other social media sites. CD Baby as well. Thank you, Tom Pexcamp. Also, thank you to Jim Beck. He's with the Alliance of Energy Producers. He's the chairman of the Alliance of Energy Producers. Thank you very much for joining us here on today's program here at the Multimedia Cafe. Of course, if you're tuning in on the radio, we'll be back tomorrow at this time on this station. Also, if you're tuning in on the Internet, thank you very much for choosing us as your content in iTunes. Thank you very much for downloading us on the podcast platforms. All of our interviews are exclusive. If you go to thecrudelife.com, you can certainly access them. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on all of those different social media links. Go to the social media page at thecrudelife.com and you'll see all the different pages we have. Over 350,000 social media followers here at the Multimedia Cafe and the Crude Life Media Network. From the staff at the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. First full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. 
and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 